When I was a young kid, there were some woods near my house, this beautiful forest that was completely on fire. Because my neighbor, who was a couple years older than me, lit some pine needles with matches. This thing was scary. These hundred-year-old pine trees that my dad would take me on hikes to were just swallowed by these flames. I could feel its intense heat from a thousand feet away. I remember the roar of this fire. It was a deep growl that sounded more like wind or a fighter jet. And when firefighters shot it with a hose, the flames didn't die down a bit. They just kept getting bigger and destroying more and more of this beautiful forest that I grew up in. This fire was mean and destructive, and when it finally died down, the forest was gone. A couple days after, my brothers and I walked through this forest, or at least where it used to be, and it was now nothing but a field of gray ash and black charred wood. We grew up in Florida, and there was a family of endangered gopher tortoises in our neighborhood, and we would paint different shapes on each one's shell with nail polish so we knew which one was which. Probably illegal, but it was the 90s. And in the middle of this black field was one of the dead tortoises. And all that was left of it was its charred shell and a little red star on its back. This made us very sad. But then came spring. Somehow seeds survived in the soil. Seeds that could not sprout on their own before the fire... But the carbon from the burned trees is the perfect fuel to give life to wild geraniums or English ivy or the cone of a white pine that was singed but wasn't burned all the way. You see, a fantastic thing happens after forest fires. The forest grows back, and they're almost always bigger and stronger than they were before. And it was no different with this one. I thought this fire was evil, but really... It helped illustrate for me that sometimes the most painful and difficult moments in life also teach us the most and make us the strongest. John Spencer is an amazing children's book author, as well as a speaker, teacher, and storyteller. But he was once a middle schooler, and you're about to hear a story about his forest fire and what he learned from a very painful experience when he was in the 8th grade. So back when I was in uh, the eighth grade, I had um, I was kind of this uh, nerdy kid, um, more geeky than nerdy, but I didn't know how to dress right. Um, I didn't know how to. I wasn't allowed to wear loose clothes because um, I think my parents thought that if I wore baggy jeans, I would like go join a gang or something. So um, <laughs> I didn't wear loose clothing. I uh, got into the rock music but had to hide it. Like I was into Nirvana and Pearl Jam and even Counting Crows, my parents would, would kind of frown on. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know any references to like the, whatever, like Chris Farley movies or whatever people were watching at the time. Like I, I didn't know any of that stuff. So I, I felt like this outcast. I felt out of place. Uh, and there was this girl and she was super duper popular. And the first time I sat on the bus next to her and she sat down. I thought she was mocking me because I didn't think that girls like that would sit on the bus with someone like me. And then um, I, uh, the next time she sat on the bus by me, I just assumed it was like pity 
because I, I, I didn't think that someone like that would enjoy sitting on the bus next to me. And then uh, the more she sat on the bus next to me over and over and over again, the more I realized we had a ton in common. We liked to read the same books and none of her friends were into reading books, or at least none of them were into talking about reading books. And we would talk about politics and things like that. And we talk about oh, cartoons. I mean, we just talked about everything. And um, we weren't friends, for sure. I mean, we never hung out at lunchtime. She, I don't think, would be caught dead having me in her crowd. Uh, and her crowd certainly wouldn't allow me to be a part of it. But I remember getting to know her. Her, her name was Lynn. And um, becoming friends with her. Uh, and seeing that the kids in the cool crowd, the cool patrol, I remember was what we called them, that they weren't all vicious, that they weren't all, all mean. That they, they just... There was this structure that existed in schools where there were the cool kids and the not cool kids and the cliques. And they were these tribes that you were kind of put into or maybe you fought for or maybe you somehow ended up in. But I don't even think any of us knew why those cliques existed or how to get out of them. So we just followed the rules, the hierarchy, the cliques, the whatever the structure was, the tribes. And... It was a, it was a lesson for me. I had never I had never known anyone like that. And then I remember um, one day on the bus on a Friday afternoon, she just seemed down. There was stuff going on, and she didn't talk about it. And I didn't think it was a big deal. Um, and that was on Friday. And then the next morning, um, yeah, I got on the bus, and then and then. It, uh, the next bus stop came up and it was hers and she was supposed to get on the bus and sit next to me and she wasn't there and she never missed school and so I said um, hey where's Lynn and one of the kids in her group just stared at me and and, and I, I like being a socially awkward idiot was like no no where is she where is she come on like, is she sick is she okay and somebody whispered that she had committed suicide and she'd taken a bunch of pills and um, she died. I didn't know what to do with it and I remember um, shocked. I remember just being shocked and I remember wanting to cry because everybody else was crying but not knowing how because I was still just too shocked and just feeling lost and I, I remember we showed up to school and they had a whole crisis team and they had this like big assembly where they basically did this it felt like it was an advertisement for the counselors but it also felt like it was this this um, ad council advertisement against suicide. Like, like somehow, because we'd known someone who had killed herself, who was a victim of suicide, that, that somehow it would go viral. 
like we'd catch it or something. And um, I just remember being so angry at the way that they had dishonored her name. Um, and that piece was really hard because like she became an object lesson on a, on a PR move. And then I remember um, the next few days being like uh, being on the bus again to and from school. It was a long bus ride. It, was, it took us like an hour. We were out in the country. And um, I remember every time the bus would pull up and I would just expect her to show up. And it got me thinking that I, I had missed... I missed how important that the bus ride had been. Like I'd missed how important those conversations were. And it made me realize that she was a friend. Like I, I don't even think I had defined her as a friend before because your friend has to be in that social group. It has to be in your tribe. And she wasn't. And I remember thinking to myself that I wanted to go to the funeral and, and asking myself if I could, if, if I had it in me to ask if I could go. But I was so scared. And I decided not to because I was embarrassed that I'd had a friend who had committed suicide. Like I was embarrassed of that conversation. I didn't want to have that conversation with my parents about it. So I didn't tell them that I knew her. In fact, they even asked me if I knew her and I said, no, I lied because I was so embarrassed. And then I, I was also scared of what the people in the cool patrol would think about me showing up. So I didn't show up and I regretted that forever. And I remember that was at this moment where I told myself from that point on that I I, I didn't want to miss out on b the big things in life because I was too afraid. And so I think sometimes we think about courage as like happening from this place of bravery. But for me, courage, I guess, came from being in a place where I had failed, being in a place where I had been scared and I'd been ruled by fear and I had seen what I lost. And so for, for that reason, that moment was just, um, it changed, changed what I believed about education. It changed what I believed about teaching, changed what I believed about life. And it changed what I believed about what it meant to be courageous. Um, and so I think about the, the times when I've said something or I've done something when I've been afraid. I think it came from that. I think it came from acting out of fear and realizing that that's the worst way to live. That's a forest fire. And I bet John would tell you that there are trees that will never grow back because of it. But his courage was found during this dark time. Courage he's used as a teacher, a father, a husband, and a human. So what do you do with John's story? Maybe you're thinking about someone you've lost and it makes you feel sadness and you just need to reflect a little. That's a good place to start. Or maybe you know a kid somewhere that needs you. 
needs your encouragement, your strength, your affirmation. It could be a kid like Lynn or a kid like John. Maybe your definition of courage has been redefined and you can identify some of the strength that you didn't know you have. Do something with this new definition. This is why stories are so powerful. They have this potential to move and shape us. I'm Trevor Muir, and this has been a production of Backpack Media. This episode was created by myself with help from Brad Wilson. A huge thank you to John Spencer for his vulnerability and just sharing his story. There will be another episode next week from an amazing teacher who reminisces about an amazing teacher that she had when she was in second grade. If you have a story from school that you would like to share on the show, please let us know. You can email a brief synopsis of your narrative to story at bkpk.media. Keep up with stories from school and all of the shows from Backpack Media by visiting bkpk.media. That's bkpk.media. We're also on Twitter at bkpkstories, and I'd love to connect with you myself at Trevor Muir. Now, go share with your friends stories from when you were in school. They will probably be able to relate.